Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I am happy to have with me Jake Breton. Jake is the owner of Aero Building and uh, certainly no stranger to most people who are involved in high-performance uh, knowledge gathering, you know, the, contributing to multiple different magazines and also having a podcast now. So, Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me, man. For the people listening maybe that don't know who you are, maybe just give a quick introduction. For sure. My name is Jake Bruton. I am a builder in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I am a second generation builder. Our firm's been open for 37 years now. I also am a co-host of the Unbuild It podcast, a weekly contributor to Build Show Network, which is Matt Reisinger's uh, off YouTube uh, endeavor. And then I also write for JLC, Fine Home Building, and I've made content for uh, JLC Live. I presented at the Fine Home Building Summit last year, and I'm going to do it again this year. And uh, I really am just a proponent of let's build durable, energy-efficient, architecturally significant homes, and let's tell everybody else how we're doing it so that we can all build better houses. Awesome. That is potentially the best intro I've had of a person before. We almost <laughs> don't need the rest of the podcast at this point. I agree. Let's do it. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, construction for you, I know you've been involved in construction for quite some time. How did that come about? Was it kind of always something you're interested in or was it just kind of a happenstance that you got in? I think that it's pretty hard to grow up with a father as a contractor and not gain some knowledge. Uh, I got kicked out of Boy Scout summer camp when I was 12 years old. And my dad basically said, guess who doesn't get the rest of their summers? <laughs> like, you're coming to work. And uh, it actually turned out for like a week and a half to be a punishment. And then after that, I just absolutely loved it. I loved the camaraderie of the guys that worked with my dad. I loved the, uh, the idea that at the end of the day, I could look back at the job site as we're driving away and know exactly what I did for the day. Uh, and I didn't really think that I was going to be in construction. I, I actually, uh, for most of the time that I was in college, I ran a second shift at a local lumber yard. And then uh, after I graduated with a degree in art, I made a living as a photographer for a while and then ended up coming back to uh, work for the company for one project. And then after that project was over, my dad was like, hey, uh, I, I'm going to retire. And I was like, oh, he suckered me into... <laughs> he suckered me into coming back for one job. And then I, I absolutely love being my own boss now. And I love being the one that is pushing for things to be done better. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, that's a really good, uh, obviously, entry into it. I think that there's a lot of people who look at uh, the trades and construction as kind of like, if you can't do this university thing or whatever else, then, you know, I guess you're going to go into that. Uh, for younger listeners or people maybe who have kids or thinking about getting into it, um, what are some of the advantages you think to you know working in the trades? Uh, well, I would start with even just saying like my firm right now is just uh, four people. My office manager is in college right now. She just works part-time. My uh, main project manager uh, was 
is like a few hours away from being able to be an architect. And he decided that that office setting was not for him. And uh, our main carpenter right now that we have is one semester or two semesters away from being an engineer. And we're all, and I have a degree, and we're all going, yeah, that was, my art degree was a waste. I wish I would have just went into the, into the trades. Uh, and those guys all went, oh, hey, I, I don't want to sit at a desk. I want to be able to be out in the field. I want to build things. I want to be the one actually producing. Uh, so I don't think that, I mean, from the standpoint of what education do you need to be able to do the things that we do, I don't think that there is a, uh, a bar that has to be set. I think it's more of an inquisitive nature and uh, a thrive to just be good at your job, which, you know, that's 90% of success is just wanting to be better than you were the day before, right? Uh, and I think that society as a whole needs to realign the idea with to be successful, you have to go to college and accumulate all that debt because there's a lot of information that points to that's not the way that things are going to work. And there's not the same amount of jobs available uh, when you get out of school for the positions that you just trained for as you would like. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I still remember when I went to high school, you know, they basically, everyone, you should go to university, you know, get your, your art degree or, you know, a social science degree, and then you can become a teacher. And they're all retiring. And, you know, that, that's what everyone should be doing. And there was very mm-hmm. little talk about trades or business or any of the diff- other options that are out there. And I think that that's really uh, a big miss that, you know, we had for a time. I, I am starting to see more focus on it now, though, I think because there's a gap uh, in the workforce where we need to have these skilled trades people. So that's, that's exciting to, to see. Um, one thing I'm always curious about is obviously there are uh, you know a good number of builders out there and builders have different focuses. And so when I run into a builder like yourself and a lot of the other guests on the show, one thing I typically ask them is why for you is focusing on high performance construction or as I always call it, better construction, um, such a focus for you versus say, you know, building luxury homes or you know, building the, the ma- a massive number of homes. So wh- why better construction for you? Yeah. Uh, so I actually think that describing it as better construction more than like green building or energy efficient building or anything like that is a good, uh, is a really good approach. Uh, and that's how I came to it. I owned the company for six or seven years and it took me that long to figure out to hire and how to fire and get all the taxes paid on time and invoice and understand how to use my contracts. And I had this uh, like epiphany one morning where I was like, oh, I like am headed into work, not not thinking about what am I going to do to keep from uh, going out of business today? Like there's that panic when you own your own business where you're like, um, this is all me. I'm a, I could screw this up today. And I had that for the first six years that I owned the company or seven years. And uh, I just said, oh, I, I know how to run a business. Well, what's next? And so I literally started using Google to look up construction litigation. And I was trying to figure out why people were getting sued. Uh, and it's almost always water. I mean, yeah, there's the mismanagement of funds. The contractor took the money and he left town. But for the guy that stayed there and did the work, it's always water. And I immediately went, okay, is the house wrap that I'm using good enough? Am I installing windows good enough? Am I managing for vapor drive through the wall? Do I have my vapor barrier in the right spot? 
And I immediately started reading the code book and reading uh, things about uh, news reports about construction litigation and building failures. And if you spend two weeks on Google looking those things up, you immediately go to, oh, this system manages water on the outside better. Uh, This architect is more concerned with protecting those windows. Uh, This window manufacturer gives better support on how to install their windows. And all those things start to multiply into, oh, now I have better control over my building envelope. And now my HVAC system is smaller. And now all of a sudden I'm going ahead and buying a blower door just because I want to know what the number is. And now we're a high performance builder. But in reality, I'm just trying to build something that isn't going to fall down, isn't going to leak air, and isn't going to cost somebody a ton to live in. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds logical when you place it out like that. And I'm obviously on that side of the fence. I agree with it. Um, Some of the pushback that I typically see in the industry is uh, builders, uh, especially ones who aren't focused on, you know, the highest of high-end projects. Uh, They're worried about um, being competitive and, you know, making a home that is high performance with all these extra things that are maybe above code, depending on where they're building, is going to make them non-competitive and they're not going to get bids. Mm -hmm. Um, how do how do you kind of shift away from that mindset? So the the I would say the first phase when we started going to things like Zip and we were having to special order the the panel and the tape and uh, using spray foam and we were we were having to find a contractor that shared a a mobile rig with five other places in the state and get them to come here when they don't normally come here. When we were doing that to start out with, it was very much a conversation of or an internal conversation about like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just make a little bit less money on this one. I'll, I'll cut my fee back a little so that I can get a few of these done so that then I can prove that this will work and I can have somebody's, uh, you know, I can have somebody's electric bill and I can show that. And that model works for the very short term. Uh, the long term is all about client education. As soon as I sit down and have a conversation about health and comfort, with a client, they immediately understand that I'm not just there to upgrade their house. Uh, And they, if you're educating the the client properly, the cost is not the issue. It's just the education. And so if you can convince them based off of the science and and your track record, then it becomes very easy. Uh, From there, we're lucky enough now that the majority of the phone calls we get are, hey, we've we've seen one of the houses that you did. We, we have some friends that live in one of your houses. Hey, we saw you on Build Show Network or on Reisinger's YouTube channel. And we like the fact that you talked about the integrity of your houses. Uh, and that has gone a long way for us now too, because we have a reputation that we can stand. It also helps that nobody in the state hardly is doing things that are close to what we're doing. That's not a brag. It's a, uh, I'm disappointed in my market. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that there's plenty of people that have the talent and could do what we're doing. They're just not choosing to. Gotcha. And so if you're that builder, you know, if you're you years, uh, years ago before you started focusing on this, what are some of the uh, kind of pitfalls in switching to a more high performance or a better construction mindset uh, that looking back you wish you could have avoided? Uh, I didn't educate myself enough when I first started. So we started making a lot of changes uh, you know, even just the one of the one of the ones that I always look back on, we spray foamed an entire house, walls, ceiling, crawl space, everything. That was a waste. That cost way too much money. We didn't need to do that. We could have done that other other way. You know, we have a, a house that's probably two years old now that we used 
uh, zip and fiberglass bats and drywall. And that's our whole envelope basically. And it had better leakage numbers than that house that we spray foam. Uh, you know, and you, you strive to be better each time. So the education front is a difficult one. You know, it can be that there's a big, big difference between just knowing what's in the code book and building a high performance home or a really durable home that's energy efficient. And that, that change is slow. I'd say don't do it all in one shot. Okay. Don't be afraid to ask questions either. That's definitely a good point. And that kind of leads to my next question is if you're looking for those educational uh, resources, what types of places helped you and uh, where would you look now? I had uh, great success with finding people in the industry that didn't live in my market that had gray hair and pestering them. I've learned a ton from Peter Yost and Steve Basic and uh, Mike Gurton and Mike Sloggett and uh, Bill Robinson. They're all, they're all on Instagram too. You can learn from them there. Uh, the publications are still fantastic. Fine Home Building and JLC are both great magazines. There's tons of information. Green Building Advisor. It really is uh, taking the information that you pick up from the publication or from online like Build Show Network and then ask somebody, hey, do you agree with what this person said? Because I don't just take everything as, you know, hand on the Bible. Uh, yeah. I know that this is true, but well, unless it comes from Mike Gurton or Peter Yost. <laughs> then you know you're okay. <laughs> Whatever Mike says is the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that 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 kind of leads into another question that I had for you. You mentioned right off the top that you know you contribute to things like JLC and fine home building. Um, is what kind of brings that interest for you to do go and do that? Because that obviously adds to your workload. Um, it is does. It just, personal interest? Or are you trying to give back? Like what's, what's the mindset behind that? I want it to be easier to, uh, to find this sort of knowledge. So the more places we can put it, uh, the more access we can provide to people, the more change happens in our industry. Uh, I don't know what the stat was that they used for this, but I read an article probably five or six years ago that said there were 250 independent contractors in the United States. And I believe they were, they were counting like, oh, we're a plumber, we're an electrician, we're a home builder as all separate contractors. Uh, and it was for residential. And I thought, how in the heck are we supposed to communicate to all those people at once? How in the heck are we supposed to be able to know who's doing things the right way, who's doing it the wrong way? Like, that's too broad of an industry to be able to communicate to everybody. And then I immediately thought, yeah, but we can, we can share what we're doing with as many as we can. Like, yeah. why don't we just do that? You know? And so that was, I mean, you know, that was the, the reason that I started writing. Uh, I ran into Brian Pontalillo, who's back to being the, editor of fine home building when he was the editor before and we were just talking and he said, that's a fantastic story. You should write that. And I was like, huh? And he goes, yeah, you should write that. And I was like, I should tell somebody about that. Like if the, the guy who runs the magazine thinks that other people could learn from that, then we should do that. And it was like a turning point where like Brian wasn't saying you have a moral objective to help your industry. But I immediately went, yeah, we do have a moral objective to share what we know. Yeah, I, I get that feedback from different people who have been on the show. And I think that it's super valuable. Um, 
we have an industry that, like you said, is very broad. And we have communication tools now, whether they be print magazines, digital, Instagram, et cetera, that allow us to communicate to so many more people than before. So you, you can look for these types of knowledge opportunities, mentorship opportunities, and a much wider mm-hmm. reach, uh, which I for think sure. is extremely helpful. Um, is that kind of some of the mindset, you know, changing gears a little bit behind the podcast, launching the podcast as well? Uh, maybe talk a little bit about the podcast and then kind of the the genesis of it. Yeah. Uh, so the title of the podcast is the Unbuild It Podcast. The idea behind it is that we're going to unpackage the ideas behind how we build things, both from a science standpoint or a business p- standpoint. Uh, it's myself, Steve Basic, uh, who's an architect in Boston, and Peter Yost. Uh, Peter is a building science guru. He's taught at Yale, UMass, Amherst. I think he teaches at Keene State right now. He worked at Building Science Corporation with Steve. Uh, and the, the start of the podcast was me trying to find a way to nail down more time with those two. Uh, they're both good friends. Uh, I met Steve probably six years ago and within a year I met Peter because they're good friends and have been for 20 years. And it's just like, I could go to the international builder show and not care to look at anything. If I just got to walk around and talk building science with those two. It's like drinking from the fire hose being around those two. And I was like, you know what? I've been trying really hard to convince those guys to share everything that they know. Uh, I should just force them to sit on a Zoom call with me and uh, let me get to hang out and be part of it. So I'm really happy that, that they agreed to do it in the end, even if it was kicking and screaming that they agreed to do it. I'm, I'm happy with the content that we're putting out, and I'm really pleased with the time that I get to spend with those guys. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Anyone listening who hasn't, that would, I'll definitely put a link uh, in the description for the YouTube as well as in the podcast because it's it's fantastic content. Um, and if you reach out to it on uh, Instagram, the Unbuilder Podcast on Instagram, and uh, send them a direct message, they'll mail you some stickers too. Oh, there you go. We got, That's awesome. We have Unbuilder Podcast stickers now. Nice. I'm going to have to get one of those for sure. Who, who picks the pictures for the, uh, the Instagram account for the announce? Uh, it is actually me. Okay. I'm, I'm the only, I think I'm actually the only one that has access to our Instagram account. <laughs> Those two don't want to mess with it. So even when I post, even when we post something that's from Peter, the write-up is not from Peter. It's just the video is from Peter. Gotcha. And the same with Steve. When Steve posts a detail or something, it's still, uh, actually Steve's are most of the time his own write-up, but I'm still the one putting it up. I assume you're talking about the animal pictures. Yeah, that would, the announcement episode, the episode announcement <laughs> posts always are. So I always look at them and I'm like, well, that's really eye catching. But like, I wonder what, why that's happening. <laughs> I'm glad nobody watches me Google for those pictures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> they are creative for sure. Um, Speaking of different media outlets as well, obviously another thing you mentioned that I'm kind of curious about is you're involved with the Build Show Network with Matt Reisinger. Um, how did that come about and, and how, what's the mindset there for what you want to deliver? Yeah. Uh, so I would actually say that the working with Matt goes back probably five or six years as well. I, uh, I had some clients bring a video that he had published to a meeting at their job site and they showed me the video and I said, well, he's wrong. He's not, he didn't know what he's talking about. And I didn't know who he was at the time or anything. I didn't look to see how many views were on the video. I just disagreed with what he was saying. 
And they said, okay, well, how do we know who's right? And I said, let's call him. And I Googled his company and he happened to be the one that answered the phone. And I explained what was going on. And I said, and I think you're wrong. And here's why. And I don't even remember what the video was. And we stood there and talked on speakerphone for like 10 minutes with the clients listening. And it ended with him going, yeah, I agree. I think that what you're saying makes more sense than what we talked about in the video. I think that it, it certainly works. And I said, okay, thanks. And I hung up. And then about an hour later, I got a phone call and it was Matt. And he was like, that takes a lot of guts. You know, let me officially introduce myself to you. And then we just started talking and we uh, met a couple times at, you know, conferences where we both were or anything like that. And we became friends and he's one of the people that I talk building science with. And uh, I think that uh, when he decided that he was going to shift some of his content from YouTube to his own platform, uh, we had a good enough rapport and, and he believed that I knew what I was talking about enough to be involved. Uh, and so he asked and I said, yeah, sure. Why not? Without even thinking what kind of time commitment or anything like that it might be. Uh, so now we produce one video a week. Uh, and originally we started with mostly building science stuff and now it's expanding into the business side too. I actually had a, an interview. I think the episode went up in the last few days, uh, of a, uh, uh, our contract attorney okay. where we just, Hey, these are the 10 first things you need to know about contracts. Hey, that's and useful. I'm just trying to put out stuff that if this is your first 10 years in building, you're still going to get something from it. Awesome. You know? And so what's, uh, what's been the biggest surprise for you with uh, being a, uh, well, maybe a YouTuber is not right, but being on the build show network and creating content, let's say a content creator. For sure. Uh, so I don't expect that anybody from the podcast will ever wave at me and notice me in public, but I've been, it's really bizarre to have someone say, Hey, I saw you on the build show, uh, at a grocery store in Columbia, <laughs> Missouri, where you're just like, eh, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> yeah. but you don't realize how, you know, broad the reach is on the internet sometime. Yeah, definitely. That was, that was, that's happened a couple times and it's really weird and it's uncomfortable for me. <laughs> You'll have to get used to it more and more as the the build show network continues to grow. Maybe. Awesome. So, I mean, as I get towards the end of these uh, episodes, uh, viewers know that I have two questions typically. Uh, the first one for you is if you could just magically fix any one misconception about better construction, uh, what would that be? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say that uh, the biggest misconception that I see is just because you think you're doing a good job doesn't mean you are. Uh, so like my slogan for building is trust but verify. Uh, I knew that blower door numbers were going to be part of the code. Well, we didn't have a raider in our market even. So I bought a blower door. I have uh, the first, first job that we're doing right now where I've really been concerned with sound. Uh, I bought a decimal meter. And we're testing it to see whether or not it's working because we can't paint it if it's not done yet. We can't, you know, we don't have a written goal, but we do want it to be less noise. So you have to verify what you're doing is actually working. And the only way to do that is to actually test things. The second somebody says, oh, yeah, we build really tight houses, I'm going to say, oh, what kind of blower door numbers are you getting? And 90% of the time they go, I don't, well, we don't test them with a blower door. Gotcha. Well, then yeah. you don't know. No, that makes sense. You think you know. So, yeah. 
Cool. All right. And then the last question always for me is it's a personal interest question. I own and collect a lot of books. And so if you were to recommend a book, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be? Uh, I have one that actually bridges both that I have probably read 15 times that I give to every client for a big project. It's uh, Peter Mayle, A Year in Provence. And uh, it's the story of he and his wife relocating from England to Provence, France. I think it's the early 90s and buying a house to renovate. And there is so much construction humor in it. And there is so much, uh, so many life lessons about what's important in life that I, I give it to lots of clients, especially remodel clients that live through a remodel, just because it, it really, there's a, there's a good sense of humor in it. Awesome. So. That sounds great. I'm definitely going to check that one out. All right. So for everyone listening and watching, I'm going to put links down below to all of Jake's social media and his, his company website and all those types of things. If you want to reach out to him, you certainly can. And with that, Jake, thanks for being on the show and enjoy the rest of your day. Sean, thanks for having me. <laughs>